Welcome to Northside Community Church. We believe that our mission is to impact the community in a positive way by speaking and living out the good news of Jesus. We hope that you will enjoy this message today. I'm pleased that everybody came this morning. Are you all doing okay? Just need to loosen up a bit. Are we loose? I had a joke for this morning and I told Melanie and she said, no. (laughs) She said, that's not happening. That's not happening this morning. So if you're coming on the bloke's adventure trip, I'll tell it on the the bloke's adventure trip this weekend. All right. So remind me. Um, Okay. Okay. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we've come into this place this morning. We thank you that we can come together to praise you, to worship you. Lord, to offer um, just our love to you this this morning, Lord God. Lord, we we pray that as we come, that we would just have a sense of what you want to speak to us about this morning and that we have open hearts and open ears, Lord, that we will hear it. And more than that, Lord, that we will practice. God, we don't want to be the people that are listening, listening to you all the time, but never actually changing. So, God, we invite you into this place to speak into our hearts this morning. And, Lord, you speak through your word. God, we, we're ready to receive it. And then, Lord, help us to put it into practice and to take action on those things so that we can go forward and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, well, you know that uh, we've been talking about vision. So uh, this is part two of our vision vision uh, topic. And um, and so I want to bring some more things to you today. But I just want to recap. You know, we um, started this two weeks ago. Of course, we had our Night to Shine messy service last week. Um, if you were here, then you would have uh, enjoyed that messy service. But we're going to do part two of our vision service um, this morning. And uh, so I just want to give a little recap of what we talked about in part one. Um, so if you remember, we talked talked about the fact that God has given us all a ministry assignment. God has given us all a ministry assignment. And sometimes we can think, well, you know, ministry assignment, that's kind of for somebody else. So that's what, you know, people up on the front platform talk about or do or whatever. But God has given each one of us a ministry assignment. And the other thing that we talked about was that even if we're a little bit broken, remember I showed the gross video of my hand, even if we're a little, does anyone remember? Is there anyone alive this morning? I feel like I'm on question. Everyone's just gone. All right. Come on. Yeah, come on. All right. Okay. Did anyone remember the video that I showed the other week? Oh, yeah. All right. This is like a Pentecostal church. Come on, dudes. All right. All right. Yeah, so I showed the, 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 the video of my uh, finger getting a pin pulled out of it. It was pretty gross. But the, the thing that we wanted to remember was that even if we're broken, even if there's parts of our life that aren't working properly or bits where we've been hurt or things that have impacted us or we feel like maybe because something's happened to us, we don't have the ability or we don't have the strength or we somehow don't have the blessing of God on us that we can go and fulfill our ministry assignment that that's not true that that's really the word of the enemy that God says I've got a ministry assignment for you and I want you to fulfill it and those things that happen are just going to serve to be to be something that I can use to fulfill my ministry assignment in your life amen that's what we want to do so God says that even if we're broken we can still fulfill our ministry assignment we talked about adversity and how through adversity comes opportunity do you remember and when we when we have things that happen to us that can actually create an opportunity in our life where God is able to use those things actually to do stuff. So when adversity comes, adversity doesn't have the power in our life to 
to make our destiny. It doesn't have the power in our life to say, because this has happened to you, then this is how you're going to end up. And we don't give it that power. It doesn't have the power to shape our life, but our reaction to adversity and how we use that, how we go back to God and say, what do you want to do through this? How can I fulfill my ministry assignment, even though these things have happened to me, even though I still feel like I'm hurting? What do you want to do, God? When we go back to God, then that has the power to shape the rest of our life. And when we think about it, that's real easy to understand. Like we get that, don't we? That like things might have happened, but God wants to do something in us and we can still fulfill our ministry assignment. It's an easy one to get in our head, but it's a hard one to get in our lives and live it out, isn't it? Because so often we are affected by those things that have happened and maybe stuff that's gone on or whatever. And we say that just affects me. It just, you know, impacts my life. But God says, I've got a ministry assignment for you. And even though there's broken bits, I want to use you for ministry assignment. That's good news, isn't it? Say amen. That's good news, isn't it? Oh yeah, good. Um, and uh, we talked about um, we talked about putting space in front of people, which is one of the things that we want to do in the church. Really people to have room to step into their ministry assignment. It's something that's important to Pastor Mel and I, that we allow people room to step into their ministry assignment. Of course, there's, I, I think I said, there's, this is a road with a ditch on either side because we're a, a, a collective church and we're, we're heading for a vision together. So of course, we can't all go off and do our own things and we won't work together. We're going to move forward together. But we want to make that space in front of people. And I want to make sure I clear that space in front of me so that I say, God, what is it that you want me to step into? Because so often we get to a point we say well this is me this is what I do this is how I am this is just me and and God wants to say hey I've got another step for you make some space in front of you so that we can take that extra step into what God has for us and that's good news we talked about not doing church for church sake and I love this it's like we just don't want to come to church to do church for church sake I talked about um, the fact that you know sometimes like a small church might start and it's great and there's powerful times of worship and 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 people sharing with one another and praying for one another and seeing God work through one another and sharing the scripture and stuff like that and then as we get bigger and bigger sometimes we get rosters and we get buildings and we get all that goes along with having a big church and sometimes not here but in some churches it may possibly happen where you forget about the reason what God is actually doing in your heart and actually church becomes church for church and we never want to be in that situation where we're doing church to serve church like you know if and I've, I've said it before if we have if we have all the programs that we have that churches have and we do this and we do that that's fantastic and we desire that and we go after that but if we don't have them because it's like we don't have the the resource to have it at the moment or the Lord hasn't called us into that specific ministry to do that that's okay too we don't have to have church for church and we need to understand that church is about us it's about the people in the church and when you come to this church I want you to look around and not see the building or the comfy chairs that we got now or anything else but see the person sitting next to you because church is about the people loving on the people, loving on the community, like um, sharing with other people in church what God has done for us. That's what it's all about. And that's the most important thing. So we never want to do church for church. We talked about the why we do things. And this is the slide, which is 1 Peter um, chapter 4, verse 7 to 11. If you haven't read that um, lately, can I encourage you to read it? And I won't go through it uh, again today because of, of time. But um, it talks 
it, and if you get a chance, come and have a look at this because it's, uh, it's kind of summarized um, into the different parts and have a read through that and really understand it. It talks about how we love each other deeply. It talks about hospitality. It talks about using our gifts. It talks about when we speak to somebody else, we should do so um, with, as if we're speaking the very words of God. Um, and it talks about the strength that God gives. It summarizes so much of what, yeah, is that baby Kate? Yeah, come on, bring some of that on. All right, you guys need to take an example of that, okay? But you just got to time it right, okay? <clears throat> um, and that talks a lot about the why that we do things, you know? So um, so First Peter chapter 4, verse 7, um, very important. And we talked about our values, which are over on this side of the stage, which is authentic. We want to be authentic people where we, um, you know, I, I think it's one of the biggest criticisms of the church uh, that we have today, that it's not authentic, that it's not authentic people, that somehow uh, the people that go to church are after something or they're trying to get something or somehow they're, they're not presenting themselves as real. And when you think about it that was the criticism that Jesus gave of the Pharisees you know when he was on earth you know that they weren't authentic they weren't real and so that hits hard when people say that about us so we want to be authentic people real trustworthy credible we want to be generous people you know and we talked about you know if you are um if I'll come to that later. I'm going to run through this. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. We want to be generous people. We want to be people that, that celebrate family, our own families um, that we have and that we grew up with and that we are around with our own families and also our church family. We want to be family people. And we also want to be people who impact the community. Last week was such an amazing time of community where we impacted the community and I'm just so, so excited about that. So uh, they are the people that we want to be. And our assignment, the last thing that I'll mention that we talked about last week, our assignment of talking to people about Jesus. We want to be people who talk to people about Jesus. If there's one thing that you write down today, write that down. Talk to people about Jesus. Whether it's in the church, you know, we can come to church and we can uh, be talking to one another and about all sorts of topics and whatever is going on in our lives. But when we say, hey, you know what, Jesus did something for me, I just got to share it with you. It's just amazing. Or when someone shares something with you, it's like a difficult part that they're going through and you say, hey, let's give that to Jesus right now. Let's pray and just give that over to the Lord right now. Talk to people about Jesus, both in the church and outside the church. I'm really challenged just to talk to people about Jesus outside of the church as well. Um, let me say um, finally, you know, when we come to church, we come to offer our praise and our worship to the Lord, right? We come to offer to the Lord and we come to give. We come to give to our church community and the greater community we come to give to others yeah so when we come to church we come to make an offering before the lord and we come to give to one another and that's so important that we remember that we never want to go down a path where we get an attitude of the church has to meet my needs the church needs to fulfill something in me and it's a, it's a little slippery slope that is easy to get onto. And we see um, when, when, when maybe when, <laughs> there comes a time when you need to look for a church and people will go and visit churches and stuff like that. And, and that's, that's fine and that happens and no problem with that whatsoever. But we need to be very careful that we are not on the lookout for what can a church give to me? Because it's not about what the church can give to me. 
It's about what I can offer to the church. It's about what I can offer to God because I come to church to give an offering to God and to give to the people in the church, to give something of myself to the people in church. So we need to make sure that we never turn it around and make it back to front because we are the church. Whenever you find yourself saying, you know what, the church should, just think about it. You are the church. Just say, you know what, I should. Just say it like that um, because that's the church that we come to. So church is where we worship together. It's where we fellowship together. It's where we have discipleship together. It's where we have ministry together. And it's where we fulfill our, fulfill our mission together, together, together. We do it together. And so we're a group of people coming together to fulfill those ministry assignments. You know, sometimes you hear people say, well, you know, I don't need church anymore. I don't need, I don't need what the church is offering anymore. And uh, I say, no, no, you don't need that. You don't need what the church, what you need to do is work out what your ministry assignment is and how you can offer that to the Lord and how you can bring that to your church community, how you can bless other people in your church community. It's not about what we get. It's about what we give. Yeah, because, you know, at Christmas time, um, there's a thing that happens where we, we give and receive gifts. Right. And if you notice what happens is the mature people, right, are the ones that are giving the gifts, right? And the immature people are the ones that are excited about receiving the gifts. Have you seen that? Okay. And it's okay. Christmas has adults and kids right down to here. And it's okay because everyone's where they're at. And it's okay to be a three-year-old who gets excited about presents that's all right we don't say well you need to like get some maturity kid because you know i don't know why you're so excited about christmas you know we don't say that because everyone's at a different stage yeah but as we get mature what happens see when you turn about 16 or 17 i vividly remember it you have a christmas where you, where you go like it's just not that exciting anymore like you got a part-time job or something or other and you go i could have bought all this stuff like it's actually i don't know how much i really even want all this stuff you know and then what happens is you take your little part-time money, pocket money, and you buy a present for someone, don't you? And then you realize, oh, there's a joy in the giving, and you become a mature person. See, we don't want to be people that go through a life and been a Christian for like 25 years, and we're like the immature kids who's like, give me, give me, what can I unwrap today? We want to be people who have grown into maturity, who, 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 who can say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and I'm going to give. I've got something to give. God's put a ministry assignment on my heart. I'm going to bless someone. I'm going to do something for someone. And I know so many of you do that well, but that's the, that's the attitude that we should have. And if we're caught in that receiving, receiving, receiving thing all the time, then we've got to look at ourselves and say, well, where are we on the maturity, immaturity scale? Like maybe we're still down here and we need to take a step up. So that's challenging for us. But, you know, as we mature, we will be the people that actually give. I want to read something from Jeremiah uh, 31, verse 31, if you've got your Bible. Jeremiah 31, 31. It says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was open to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel 
after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. When I read that part about putting the law in their minds and writing it on their hearts and they'll be my people, they won't need to teach each other because they actually just know me. I sort of think it's kind of like those things that happen in our lives that are like automatically, it's like it's like natural for us. It's like we think about what God is doing. We think about what God has put on our heart. It's not something that we need to focus on or concentrate on. It's like the habits that we have that just happen automatically because God has written his, his assignment on our hearts. Paul picks it up in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, and it's a really similar um, words that are used here. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 1 to 6. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? He's, he's saying that because they were saying what they had done. Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter. So he's talking to the church in Corinth and he's saying, you guys are like our reference point. You're like our letter. If we had a letter of commendation, you guys are it. People just need to look at you. Um, you guys are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you're a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. The other language is, is quite the same. Such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life and i find that interesting paul's sort of saying the letter when he's talking about the letter he's talking about the law here he's saying you want to make lots of rules and regulations and stuff like that that stuff will kill you that stuff hard that stuff we can't ever measure up to but god has put something on our hearts that has become it's written on our hearts i kind of think when something's written on your heart it's so natural for you it's like your right hand doesn't know what your left hand's doing you just respond in a certain way because god has put this thing deep down into your heart and it's like the 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 things that we do every day just fall into place because God has given us that ministry assignment that just sits on our heart and our habits follow that. You know, we, we want to talk about habits this year and our the habits, the things that we do all lead us to a certain place. They'll they will lead us to a place where we'll be. Whatever we do will be what we become. And so when something is written on our hearts, when we know that we're talking to the Lord and His Holy Spirit has spoken to our hearts and we know what our ministry assignment is, then we will do things a certain way way and that will lead us to a certain place and that's really important that we understand that. I want to talk about our habits a little bit. I want to give you eight keepers. These aren't really habits. Um, well, some of them are, and some of them are just a little bit, a uh, little bit off the off the track. But I want to say eight things that I think we should focus on and really try and do. And I'm going to run through them because I'm going to run out of time. Um, number one, read the word. Oh, it's a good number one, isn't it? You like that, don't you? That was good. All right. Number one, read the word and allow God to speak 
to you through it. What is your habit about reading the word? Do you have a habit in place for reading the word? Do you have something in place? Like you might, you know, some of you, I've heard people say, well, when I get up in the morning, I, there's a chair in my bedroom and I go and sit in the chair and I read a chapter of the Bible and just talk to God. That's the first thing I do. Hey, what a great habit because habits are like always associated with something else. You know, when this happens, I do that. So it's a great thing to have. When I wake up, this is what I do. I, I, I go and sit there and I read the word and let the word, but that might not be your habit. Your, your habit might be really different to that, but whatever it is, I want to challenge you, if you don't have that habit in your life, let's get that habit in our life so that every day we've got the Word of God going into us. It's the most important thing. It's number one on the list. Hear from God. Get the Word of God into you. You might say, oh, well, you know, yeah, from time to time I'll do this or whatever. Can I challenge you? Put a daily habit in place so that you are getting the Word of God into you every single day and uh, hearing the Lord speak to you through that. Number two, um, now these aren't in order, share the good news of Jesus with others. We spoke about this. We want to be people that share the good news of others, uh, of good news of Jesus with others. And we need to think about how do I do that? What's my plan to do that? And you might have something where you say, you know what, every time someone says this, which is a common thing to say, I always say this because it always leads me into a conversation about God. We need to be purposeful in the way that we talk to people and not um, not over the top demonstrative or whatever. And one of the things in this is I really think it's important for us to understand um, how to present Christianity in our culture. I think that's very, very important and maybe the topic of another sermon or whatever. But you know, there's people that are Christians that say, oh yeah, I'm always witnessing to people or whatever. And you, and you go, you know what, the people that you're talking to, like they don't want to be Christians because the way that you do that is like jarring to the culture. So I think it's very important that we understand what our culture is and how we relate to people and what is the right thing to say. And we should talk to God about that. How do you want me to share your gospel, Lord? How do you want me to talk about the things that you've done in my life? Let's think about those things, yeah? Can we agree on that? Let's think about those things and have a plan, have a habit in place where we do that. Number three, we want to spend time talking to God, and that's in prayer. So we spend time speaking to God. Again, we should have a time. Let's get habits around these things. Let's make a time. This is how I pray. This is when I pray. This is how I do it. It might be that, you know, I go for a walk every day, and that's when I spend time talking to God or whatever. I kneel beside my bed in the evening, you know, and, and, and whatever it is, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we have a habit in place so that we're speaking to God. When we put these habits in place, the outcome, the change at the end is incredible. Number four, did I do number three? That was number three. Number four, make Jesus truly num- number one in your life. It's one of the things we want to do here. Let's make Jesus truly number one in our life. How do we do that? Think about the filters that we put in place to enable that to happen. When, when we're going through our everyday life, do we say, well, I... Uh, these opportunities have come up and this has happened but for me I want to put Jesus as number one in my life so I know I need to put it through that filter so let's really look at that putting Jesus number one number five be authentic we talked about it we want to be authentic people let's not talk the talk that outpaces the reality of our life let's not do that. That's very easy to do, especially as Christians. You know, we can come, well, praise God. Yeah, I'm just, you know, just praising the Lord and, you know, whatever. And we talk all this talk and when we're in church and it's fantastic and then we go away and we we don't talk about it anymore or we're not those people. That's not really what it is. Let's be authentic people so that we, we don't let our reality outpace the stuff that we say. You know, it's fine to tell people that you struggle with stuff, even as Christians. It's okay. 
you know, sometimes we're like, oh, well, I can't say that because, you know, I, I don't want to say that I'm struggling with something or whatever. It's okay. We can be honest about stuff. We still look to God. We're looking to God for the solution. I've had conversations with, with, some, with people who have talked about some stuff and I've said, you know what, that's stuff that I really struggle with. I struggle with that, even reconciling that to my faith. That's hard what you've brought up. You know, we don't have to have all the perfect answers, do we? We don't have to have all the pat answers and everything's perfect and we sort of rattle them off. We don't want to be like that. We want to be authentic people. Number six, love your family and love his family. Let's think about what we do to love our family and to love his family, this family that we've got in church. Let's be purposeful about that. And our own family, I know that, you know, we can get busy. Um, and a little while back, I, you know, I had to really, I wrote some stuff down. It's like, God, I've got to make sure that I put family first, that we do stuff. And now sometimes when things happen, we just go, no, no, fa- we're doing family because that's important. God wants us to have strong families. Yeah. You guys, some of you guys know, like twice a year, we go down to my, my my daughter and son-in-law's church um, down at Oasis and we go and do church with them. It's twice a year and you might think, oh, well, you know, that's not too much or whatever. But by the time we've had holidays and stuff like that, it's not really like another Sunday that I'm looking to not be at Northside. But it's so important to me because that is something that I've set in place that says to my daughter, it's very important. What you guys are doing is really important to me. I want to love you guys and I want to be part of your life. I want to meet your friends and stuff like that. So we make those decisions. What decisions do we need to make to make sure that we look after family and God's family as well? Um, we can do that. Number seven, live fulfilled, happy, and generous. You know, what decisions are we going to make? What habits are we going to put in place so that we can be generous people? Generosity is an amazing thing. Do you know um, the most common thing that, that people think is, yeah, if I had a lot of money, I would be a generous person. I would give it away. And we dream about like winning lotto and I would look after this person and that person, whatever, and I would be generous. You know, uh, there is a joke, I can tell it. Yeah, when I win lotto, nobody around me is going to be poor because I'm going to move to a rich area. (laughs) All right. All right. We got the joke in. Um, (laughs) That just came to mind. It's totally thrown me. If we don't give, listen, if we don't give generously when we don't have much, do not kid yourself that you will give generously when you have much. You will not. You will not do it. If you want to learn about how to be generous, the little bit you might say, well, I just, you know, really don't have very much. You have something. Take the little bit that you have and be generous with it. I'm not just talking about money. It can be being generous with your time. It can be cooking a meal for someone. That's what brings generosity into our lives. So don't wait. Don't wait and say, I'll be generous when I can be generous, when I do have time, when I have money, when I have this or that or the other. Let's be generous people in the little bits that we have. And I know that so many of you are. Number eight, we're nearly there. Identify and use your gifts. And we're talking about the gifts that God gives us where we can bless one another. And so let's be purposeful this year about identifying what those gifts are. Talk to the Lord about it. What is it, God, that you've got for me to do? What is it that is my ministry assignment? You know, when we talk about ministry, people think about people who stand up the front and stuff like that. But God has given all of us a ministry assignment. And I want to challenge you to talk to God and say, what is it? What is it that I can do so that I can go out and do that and use my gifts and identify them? And the little bonus one, which uh, I mentioned, I think, two weeks ago, is to have fun. We want to be people who have fun. Think about this. How much do you laugh? When was the last time you had a really good laugh? 
I want you to think about that. I want us to be people who have a good laugh and have fun. God hasn't called us to to walk through this life in some sort of, you know, depressing state like, you know, oh, well, just doing the will of God and so woe is me. That is not how he wants us to live. He wants us to be happy people. Bible talks about joy, that we would laugh together, that we would love together, have great times together. And uh, when I tell my joke down at the men's camp, that's what's going to be going on. There will be long and loud laughing. That's in my head. That's what's going on anyway. God wants to bless us. Let's be people that really press into what he has for us. I'm excited about what God wants to do in us this year as we put those habits in place, as we start to say, hey, I want to I want to see an outcome of what God wants to do. I want to see God work through me. And we put those things into place up front so that he has the opportunity to do that. It's so important. I want to talk about... Um, uh, new appointments that we have but I was just looking around there's, there's a couple of people not here but it, it doesn't matter we'll do it anyway um, so we we have a uh, just changing tack here slightly we have a finance team which is uh, operated in the church for many many years and um, and uh, that finance team oversees the finances of the church and so we meet uh, regularly and go through okay where's where's the dollars at make sure everything's in order and all those sorts of things and so it's an important role we don't need that up, but thank you. Thanks, Nat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not that either. Oh, they're only up at the back. Don't worry. Sorry. Ignore me, Nat. Um, okay. So um, so we have the finance team, and I just want to thank particularly the people that have served uh, on that finance team for quite some time now. Now, Ashley is not here this morning, and I knew that he wasn't going to be here, but um, I'm going to thank him anyway. Otherwise, I won't get an, a, another opportunity. Um, but Ashley Williams is one of the people who has served on that finance team and is going to take a break from the finance team now, so he won't be on it um, going forward. But he has really blessed me by being on it and uh, being part of it. I've also been part of the team for a long time um, and uh, what Ashley has done has been amazing and by the way I can talk about him because he's not here um, but uh, you know Ash is one of these guys he's always doing stuff in the background like like you don't see what he does but you know every week like the the announcements that magically appear on the screen like he's done that every week without fail he never I'm trying to think he has never said oh sorry Luke I didn't get it to, to it this week ever not once. He's always faithfully done that. And then I flick him stuff like, hey, we need a poster for this. We need to do this. We need whatever. I just flick him stuff during the week and he just does it. And it just blesses me no end. That's his ministry assignment, I'm sure of it. He's, uh, he's right in the middle of it. But Ash isn't going to serve on the finance team anymore. So um, myself, uh, Sharon, are you here, Sharon? Can you, can you jump up the front? We're just going to pray together. Um, Sharon, uh, Seb is here somewhere. Um, Michelle, jump on up, Michelle. And 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 uh, Dion's not here, unfortunately, because Dion is the new member of the finance team. So hopefully he'll come back, um, and um, and he's going to serve on the finance team. But um, I just want to uh, pray over over us. Seeing as I'm on the team, who wants to who wants to do this prayer? Somebody else can pray over us that uh, that the Lord will watch over us and guide us. Yeah, you in the front row. Do, would you like to do that? No. <laughs> Okay. okay. So Dion is the one that's at He's our newie. Yeah. The newie. Okay. Father, one of the things that we hear a lot of in our communities at times 
is the issue of money. And Lord, you've warned us the love of money is the root of all evil. So Lord, it's an important subject. And when we think of money matters within the church, it's important to us that we have the wisdom that we need. It's important to us, Lord, that you direct us and that we, Lord, humbly serve you with all of the physical things that you have blessed us with that we can use to do a better job to extend the kingdom. And so, Lord, as we look at these people that are standing here and Dion who is absent, Father, will you open their understanding and fill their lives with joy so that they can go about this with confidence and faith. Lord, that they will believe you for great things, O oh God, and that they will steward well the finances of the church. That, Lord, their hearts will be open, O oh God, for the wisdom that they need, for the direction that they need. Father, we thank you, Lord, for a church that is so liberal that you have blessed us with a bounty. Hallelujah. Lord, you've blessed us with a building, property, and all of these other ministries, missions overseas. And over the years, Lord, Lord, we have been a blessed church because we've been able to function well. And so I pray, Lord, as I stand amongst this group, Lord, and Dion, who is absent, Lord, will you bless them? Lord, will you open their understanding and mind to the wonder of, of how you can provide and then give them the wisdom, O oh Lord, to make good decisions for you. Give them, Lord, a spirit of unity. That, Lord, there will be such a sense of doing this together in a representative way. That, Lord, you, your name will be lifted high and glorified. And, Lord, that the church will continue to be blessed. That our membership will have confidence in the way we are going about it. So, Lord, will you bless these precious people. Thank you, Lord, that they're willing to serve you in this capacity. Lord, thank you for them, O oh God. Lord, as they grab a hold of this plower, Lord, give them the strength to move forward and fill them with the joy of serving you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Hardy. Um, Dion, uh, for those that don't know him, is actually an accountant, so uh, so we're really looking forward to getting uh, his his particular skills uh, on the finance team. Uh, the finance team's done a wonderful job over the last many years um, and um, we just are so grateful for those that are faithful and giving to the church and we take that very seriously that uh, that those funds that come in that we look at that in the way that how can this benefit the kingdom the best way and uh, so it's super important um, an important part of um, of what we do here at Northside I have a picture just to um, just to wrap up I have a, a picture of a family this is our typical Australian family and uh, we're going to call them um, Jake and Taylor and uh, their kids Noah Hunter and Chloe I, I just made that up I don't They've got other names, um, but let's call them uh, Jake and Taylor. And um, what's really on my heart is that uh, this photo here is um, is us looking at the unreached people in Australia, like sub thirties Aussies who grew up in Australia. I'm going to generalise here. Have little to zero knowledge about the good news of Jesus little to zero knowledge about the Bible and what it says, um, about church and what it's about, um, and 
the influence that is that has been particularly strong in the last 20 years is if it's about church or about religion it's got to be something bad it's got to be people trying to rip you off it's got to be um um people trying to start wars or it's 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 just stay away from that and that is that is really heavy on my heart because it's really really sad and so we want to we want to reach what do they call them jake and taylor (laughs) and so i want us to be focused on that we're going to talk about this a little bit more as we go throughout the year to be focused that we can actually find our way to present the gospel the good news of jesus to people who are under 30 who are aussies maybe not to the exclusion of anybody else but that that particular people group if we want to call it that is really needy in our community is really needs to have an understanding of what God has done. So um, let's think about that. And you might think, well, I'm a bit older than that. How would I relate to you know these sorts of people? Do you know the younger people in our community need older people to speak into their lives? They need to hear from people with experience. So let's never think, oh, well, you know, if they're 30 or less or if they're 20 or whatever the case might be, that we don't really connect with them. They talk different. I don't really understand what they're on about or whatever. Let's see that as an opportunity to be able to speak into other people's lives. Let's always be those people who do that. Can I actually encourage you, if you're a person that's older than me, um, be a person that makes a bit of a beeline for some younger people in church. Don't tell them like the story about, you know, how you, you know, traveled to Albany one day or something. Don't tell them, you know, like long stories and bore their brains out, you know. Don't do that. But talk, have, that's meant to be slightly humorous. Okay, just smile. Just smile. Just go with me. But speak into their lives. Ask them how they're going. Just get to know them a little bit. And then, you know, you can just drop little gems into their lives of stuff, of of wisdom that you can have. And you have no idea the impact that that would have. And if you're a young person, talk to some older people as well and get that into your life. Get that into your spirit because older people have wisdom and they have experience. And if they love Jesus through that, they've got so much that they can tell you about that. So can we be encouraged in that regard? These are the types of people that we want to reach. To finish up, I just want to read a, um, uh, a very short thing that I wrote down. I've, I've read this before in church, but when um, my daughter and son-in-law were, were looking for a, a church, they were looking around, and I sent this note, which I sort of mashed together from some stuff off the internet, and um, I sent it to Emily as a text, I think, and then I thought, oh, that's really good, and so I, I kept it and saved it. Um, and this is what I said. What is church? If you forget everything else... Remember this, to keep it simple, follow the example of Jesus who lived a simple life, spoke simply, told simple stories, sat and ate with people, every kind of person, encouraged followers to travel light, and when challenged about what was the greatest commandment, he simply said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, and love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus is the why the church does what it does. It is only through him that we see broken hearts restored, lives transformed, relationships healed, and families made whole. The church at its simplest leads people to life-fulfilling relationship 
with Jesus. That's what it's all about. Well, praise God. I, I, I pray that um, you've got at least something that you can glean from what we've been talking about this morning and um, and we can put that into practice. I'm very excited about what the Lord wants to do this year. We've talked about some appointments today and there's going to be more um, to follow down the track as we go. So we, we are excited about what God is doing and what he will do. I want to do some thanks now. Um, so um, so I know last week, for those who was that were here in our messy service, I said I'm not going to thank anyone about Night to Shine because it was all just too fresh. And and uh, and what have you? But I wanted some special thanks this morning. Um, we had for those who were not here or, or missed out or whatever, we had the most amazing night. Uh, I, I think it's one of the one of the best things we have ever done as a church. It was incredible. It was certainly for me was one of the most fulfilling things that that I've ever done. It was amazing. I can't speak more highly of it. And uh, it. I, I, I want to thank a few people this morning, but um, but so many will, will. This is the the danger of doing thanks because so many will will not be thanked personally uh, necessarily, but you know you put in. There were people that did stuff like vacuuming and blowing stuff down and stuff. And people came at night to do stuff and they were here by themselves and just. So many things I, I can't. So I, so I want to say thank you to you. And if you're not mentioned by name, um, I just want to mention a few here this morning. Um, but I just want to thank you for, for everything that you did. What a great uh, night it was. Do you know the, the comments and the feedback came in next day, like bang, people, like we weren't, we weren't, trying to get back people just started sending us messages the next day and some of you have read this in the um in the email that we sent out but i want to read them again big thank you from this grateful mum. the child was incredibly happy when she came home this joy flowed through to the next day just brilliant pass on our appreciation to everyone involved another parent what amazing what an amazing night Thank you for putting on this event and my daughter had a fantastic time she came home feeling totally pampered and danced out another parent wow 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 as the mum of this person i just want to say thank you thank you for loving my child thank you for honoring her thank you for seeing she is fearfully and wonderfully made thank you for all your work in service to christ our king she had a wonderful evening with her support worker another one readers little chickens enjoyed themselves on saturday night they got into the bus and asked when they're coming back that was great thank you for making people making special people feel special. Another one. Our daughter was thrilled her son had a good night. The carer said it was a fantastic evening. Thanks so much for an amazing night. As grandparents, we are more than blessed to know this ministry has come to those that need it most. Another one. From a guest. Thanks for a great evening. It was good to meet new people. I had a great time. Would you or the team like my number? It's <laughs> uh, just such a special time, and uh, we are we are meeting this week with the team, and we want to strategically look at what we're doing through the year. We've got all the contacts of these people; they want to get together, they want to do stuff, and so we want to minister to them. We want to love on those people, and just work out the most effective way that we can do that. Maybe with some coffee mornings or different things that we that we might do throughout the year. Um, we're going to talk about um, whether we'll put ourselves through it again next year, um, and uh, and all those things. But um, I just praise God because it was just amazing. Um, 
Melanie, could you um, come up here? I just want to mention, uh, I'm just going to mention a few people by name um, and I'm going to ask you to come up as well uh, onto the stage. Um, so um, initially, I just want to mention um, particularly um, when we started talking about the vision of this and putting it together, um, we had a couple of little meetings. It was myself, Melanie, um, Yvonne Morris, who many of you know, um, Colette, and Jan, who met together, Colette, can you come up on the on the stage? Because I, and Jan, um, because I I want to recognise that in those beginning times when like there was nothing, there was there was it was just an idea. Like, can we do this? Um, and uh, so I just want to honour you guys um, and the rest of that team that that. Um, that joined in that time because um, it was about going, yeah, you know what? I think we can do it. And we really didn't know, um, but it was about saying, yeah, I think we can do it. Hey guys, you comfortable up here? All right. <laughs> so I want to thank uh, that, that initial team very much. I want to thank um, Sandy and Bill. Can you guys come up as well for their work in the kitchen? Did an amazing job in the kitchen. Um, and there was a lot of food. There was a lot of organisation. When we first did a budget for the food, we thought, okay, we're in trouble. This is going to be big trouble for us. And um, and we came up with an alternative plan and uh, that, that was going to work for us. And the food was great. I don't know, I didn't eat any, but it was it good? <laughs> No one complained about the food. It must have been good. Um, and, uh, and it was just such an important part of the night to get right. So I just want to thank you guys for, for everything that you did. Um, wonderful. Bill was even installing extra air conditioning points in the kitchen uh, for the event. Um, I want to thank Sharon and Nat. I'm going to get these guys to come up here. Um, amazing people, these ones. Look at them both working at the moment. One's taking photos, one's doing the sound up. Sharon, come on up. Um, and uh, what happened was once you get a plan together, then there's like a whole lot of work that had to happen, particularly in the last few weeks. There was a there was a, an avalanche of work. In fact, in the office, um, we, we kind of said, you know, for a few weeks, like we're not talking anything else about, apart from night to shine, just night to shine, night to shine, night to shine. Have we got everything organised? And these guys do an amazing amount of work and, um, and they're both on staff uh, for a couple of days at church. Um, but if we counted the hours that they have done in the last month or so in particular, like they wouldn't have to turn up for work for another six weeks or something. That's not what's happening, by the way. Um, but, um, but they just put in so much. I also want to uh, single out Seb. Are you here, Seb? Where is he? He's doing it. There he is, at the back. Come on down, Seb, because uh, Seb did a, an amazing job. Oh, we'll clap at the end. Clap at the end. <laughs> All right. Seb did an amazing Seb is the guy that just says, what do you need? Do you need a sign for this? you need to do that? You need someone out in the car park? Just get it done. And so Seb was uh, a, a champion at just, like, picking up those jobs and getting them done. Thank you, Seb. Wonderful, wonderful. I also want to thank, well, um, I wanted to thank Nelly, but, the, but um, Dion and Nelly are not here. That's, that's both of them that I wanted to get up the front today and they're not here. Um, but, um, but Nelly led a team. There was a lot of people, a lot of people to decorate this place. And if you weren't here, you might have seen some photos or whatever. 2,000 balloons got blown up. Um, and um, I mean, just amazing. And the place looked amazing when you walked in. You know, it wasn't like, oh, someone stuck a streamer up. It's like they took, they just took it on and just went, we can, we can make this, you know, blow your mind. We're like, wow, so cool. So I just want to thank Nelly and all the, all the team um, that did that. And um, the main 
person that I really want to direct our thanks to is is Jan. Oh, look, she's right at the end. Um, Jan took this on from the start and um, she ran with it. Now, I want to tell you, if it wasn't for what Jan did, we would not have had Night to Shine. She had a folder this thick and she just went, I'm just going to do this, all this stuff or whatever. There was moments, there was definitely moments where where we got together and went, we're in serious trouble here. What have we What have we created? You know, what have we done? And there's so much unknown because it was the first time. So many things to consider. So many things to consider. And Jan just did it with grace. And um, like I didn't hear her swear once or anything. Um, she was just lovely in the lovely Jan way of let's just make this happen and get it done. But it just shows your heart, Jan, for the people. And uh, I just commend you for that. Um, you blessed us by how much you did and uh, you certainly blessed our community and so we love you and we thank you for doing that. Let's give Jan and everybody a hand. (laughs) Wonderful. And there's a card. Oh. Yes, you can. (laughs) So I just want to say to everyone... Whatever role you played, thank you so very much. And to these special people up here, you know, like I was just the cog and I suppose the face that came up and spoke every week. But these guys were the scaffolding and you can't get anywhere. You can't build anything if you don't have the right scaffolding. So I just really thank each and every one of you for individually blessing me. And... um, when we got home at 12.30, Kylie came back with us. And when we had our cup of tea <laughs> with our feet in the pool at 12.30 at night, we just reflected on what just such an amazing evening it was. Like God really blessed us. And you know what I always said? It wasn't about us. It was all about what we could do and it, God's glory shining through. And it really did that night. And I was just so proud to be a part of that little cog. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to allow this message and the Word of God to sink in and make a difference in your everyday life. To know more about our church, check us out online at northsidechurch.com.au.